the New Testament, the Gospel according to Matthew, and turn to chapter 26, Matthew 26, where you want to read a few verses there from there today and leave a thought with you from the word of the Lord, amen. We're, we're, we don't preach politics here and all that kind of stuff, and we're not social activists here at the Apostolic Fellowship Church. We're not fighting for social justice. And all that. I mean, you fight for social justice and folk are dying and going to hell every day. I'm more concerned about people's souls and them going into the kingdom of God because the bottom line here, amen, is this world is full of sin and it's never going to be uh, true justice in this world. See, the people that do that don't believe biblically what we believe. Amen. They don't believe in a second coming to take the church out of the world. Amen. When the uh, great tribulation be, uh, 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 comes about, they have a different idea about that particular doctrine of scripture. They believe that we have to get the world all perfect first. Amen. And then Jesus will come and it will be a millennial reign. We don't believe that. Amen. We believe in the second coming of Jesus Christ, but the second coming of Jesus Christ is something that's soon to happen. Amen. Because that which is prophesied in Matthew chapter 24 and uh, Luke chapter 17 and Luke chapter 21, 1 Timothy chapter 3, you go down through the scriptures. Everything that's going to transpire before the coming of Jesus Christ is happening now. It is fulfilled, and the Lord will come, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and take the church out of the world. Then we will have, according to Matthew 24, Jacob's trouble, seven years of time and trouble that the earth or the world has never known before. No matter how bad it is now, it's going to get horrible, horrible, praise the Lord. Why? Because the church of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost... Praise the Lord. The Holy Ghost will be taken out of the world. And so there can be nothing but chaos. You think it's chaotic now. We, we ain't seen nothing yet. And I don't want to be here to experience. Then the world will know trouble like it has never known before. Praise the Lord. It's going to be indeed a perilous time. But the church is not going to go through that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We will be with the Lord, amen, experiencing the marriage supper of the Lamb. So those folks that believe you've got to fix the whole earth before Jesus comes are wrong in their understanding and interpretation of eschatological events. Praise the Lord. You ain't going to fix nothing down here when there's corruption at the top in terms of government, amen, and in terms of courts. The Old Testament continually talks about God crying out against those princes and judges that take bribes. Believe you me, it's still happening now. And there seems to be a, a kind of justice for some and not justice for others. You're not going to fix this earth. The only person that can fix anything is Jesus Christ, and he wants to fix you. <laughs> he wants to fix you. Because if you read the book of Revelation, you'll see that John said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. See, this old stuff down here is going to be destroyed, amen, by fire. God wiped it out one time by water, and they don't want to believe that, even though the archaeological evidence points to it. 
There's no way you're going to see fossils of sea creatures in the mountains unless there was a great flood over all the earth. Praise the Lord. But they don't want to believe it. They don't want to accept it because if they believe this and buy into it, that means they're going to have to admit the Bible is right. And if they admit the Bible is right, they're going to have to admit that there is a Jesus Christ, which they cannot deny. And if they admit that there's a Jesus Christ, then they're going to have to believe his word and they're going to be held accountable. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I believe the word of God. I know Jesus Christ. Amen. He abides within. Praise the Lord. So I'm not trying to fix the whole earth. I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> and you've got to want to help yourself if you want to make it into the kingdom of God. Because this is indeed a personal salvation within the context of the church of Jesus Christ. You need the church. You cannot make it alone. Praise the Lord. Do you hear me? You cannot make it alone. And to think that way is proud and arrogant. It will not happen. Jesus Christ has a church which he likened as his body. And we are members in particular. You're just a member in his church. You are not the church all by yourself. You need the church. You need everything the church offers, amen, if you are to be complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. Hallelujah. 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 But Satan has so many illusions and deceptions going on right now. Folks are just blinded and fooled and living in a delusionary world. But thank God for the truth found in the scriptures that makes us free. And as I've said to you from time to time, if you don't know the truth, you will not know a lie. And some of you don't study the scriptures well enough or attend Bible class and Sunday school well enough that you really know the truth yet. Amen. But this truth will make you free. Praise the Lord our God. Amen. And so I'm not about fixing the earth. It's not that I don't care about the world we live in, but I don't pour myself into that, that vanity. That's a waste of my time. I am examining myself to see whether I be in the faith, amen, and doing the work that God has commissioned to me to be a help to you so you can make it into the kingdom of God. That's all I have responsibility for myself, my family, and those that hear me. Praise the Lord. Amen. The world will not be saved. That might sound kind of sad, but it is the truth, so saith the scripture. Amen. Are you in Matthew chapter 26? Let's take a look at uh, verses 36 through 45, a very familiar uh, portion of the scriptures. Amen. For those of us that are somewhat familiar with the life of Jesus Christ, if you're not, follow on very closely and look in their Bible and see these words. Then cometh Jesus with them. Them is Peter, James, and John. Then cometh Jesus with his disciples unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that is James and John, uh, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Wait here and watch with me. 
And he went a little farther and fell on his face. He's prostrate now. And he prayed saying, oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, what? Could not ye watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Somebody say amen. Some of you, that's the way you are right now. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. So we see that God is not intimidated by repetition, is he? Don't mix up what he said in chapter 6 with what he's saying in chapter 26. Praise the Lord. It is okay to repeat yourself in prayer. He said the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, sleep on now. And take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. I want to, to, to talk about this message again. The battle of the wills. The battle of the wills. I have so much to say. I was saying, Lord, what is it? I feel like just, I could preach all day. I'm so full. I could preach all day. He said, well, let's just start with this this morning. Praise the Lord. Amen. Who knows? Maybe we'll have another revival this week. Amen. Because a lot needs to be said and the spirit needs to be demonstrated. But let me ask you this. Let's start off this. How, how, how many realize that life is a constant battle? It's a constant battle. It wears you out sometimes, doesn't it? Amen. You've got to remember who you are, that you are victorious through Christ. Amen. Because it just seems like a message a good friend of mine, Bishop Moultrie, preached many years ago. It's always something. <laughs> and he didn't coin the phrase, but it's true. It seems like there's something going on continually, some battle. And there, there always seems to be some kind of struggle we're engaged in. Especially as people of God, struggle might be uh, in the realm of morality. In other words, the understanding of what is right, systems of morality. Or the struggle might be in the realm of ethics, understanding the difference between good and bad or good and evil. Struggle might be in the area of major decisions in life. In what direction should I go? Who should I marry? What job should I accept? These are major decisions in life. And because we are made in the image and likeness of God and given the power of choice, we struggle with the fundamental question when we stand at life's many crossroads, what do I do? Well, inherent in this struggle is the fact that we have the power of choice 
Uh, because we have volition. Volition might be better described as a will. Amen. And I don't mean something you give at the end of life to, you know, to identify where Amen. Praise God. Desires. Desires. Praise God. Uh, the man Christ Jesus had a human will. And, but that's not all he had. Thank God for the revelation of God that he's given us because we understand that Jesus was the God-man. In, in other words, he was God incarnate. Jesus Christ was God, almighty God, doing a miraculous thing, becoming man, taking on flesh. A body, he says in the book of Hebrews and in the Psalms, has thou prepared me. Praise the Lord. And so he had a human will because he was fully human. But he was also fully divine. So he had the human will and he had the divine will. Praise the Lord. And he too struggled with the same dilemmas we face in life. For the book of Hebrews says that he was tempted or tested or tried in all points. All points. Just like we are. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Amen. And so he too engaged in the battle of the wills. And so here we find Jesus, amen, at the most pivotal time of his life. The most pivotal time in human history. In this garden, the garden of Gethsemane. Praise the Lord. He was about to make the most important decision he would ever make. Uh, the choice was this. Would he do his father's will and give his body as a perfect sacrifice for the sins of all humanity? Or would he opt out and save himself from this physical, emotional, psychological, and social cruelty, uh, the cruelty of death by crucifixion? He prays, my father, if it be possible. If there's any other way, in other words, let this cup pass from me. Get me out of this. I can imagine, amen, that uh, when he spoke these words that evening, amen, it was as if time stopped. And all of God's creation, amen, which is groaning, amen, held its breath while Jesus, the son of God, prayed in that garden that night. Would the scriptures that foretold the promise of a redeemer fall unfulfilled? Well, based on the 53rd verse of this scripture text, amen, the Bible tells me that I can see, as it were, amen, more than 12 legions of God's angels, his holy angelic force, amen, on standby, the highest military alert of angels. You see, they were prepared for the worst of all outcomes for humankind. The angels were interested in this pivotal event. They were looking into this. The apostle Peter might say, amen, uh, this moment was the most critical time since God asked Adam, where are you? Amen. Did you eat of the tree that I commanded you not to eat of? Angels were ready for their next order for they heard Jesus say, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. 
Amen. And not only the heavenly angels were listening and creation was listening, but even the demons of darkness and the very devil himself were watching and listening, hoping that Jesus would fail and that this great revival that he, amen, was conducting over the last three years would dry up and be all over. We can just get rid of him. Praise the Lord. Amen. We can stop this revival, to stop this turning of the hearts, hardened hearts and sinful hearts of men away from seeking sinful temporary pleasures. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, to seek eternal fellowship with God. If we can get rid of him, amen, we can turn this whole thing back to where it was. Praise the Lord. Amen. All supernatural eyes were watching and ears were listening. Amen. To Jesus, the son of God. Amen. Because he was fully engaged in the battle of the wills. Amen. This same battle had already taken place about 4,000 years uh, before this in another garden called the Garden of Eden. Amen. The decision by Adam and Eve resulted in an unfavorable outcome for the exercise their own will. Amen. There for the first time man was introduced to the possibility of disobeying God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. And not yielding to God's will. Amen. There in the garden of Eden, the garden of God, Adam and Eve engaged for the first time in the battle of the wills. And as you, as you know, according to the scriptures, Satan beguiled, he deceived Eve that day. And she ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and gave it to her husband, Adam, who was nearby. And the Bible said he ate of the same and in so doing, uh, they did what they wanted to do and did not submit to the will of God. Saints, ever since that day, humankind has had to choose between doing their will and doing the will of God. This is what I call the battle of the wills. Amen. And so each of us is engaged in this battle, are we not? Uh, amen. Some, frankly, are faring better than others, but all of us are battling. And I want to talk about the will this afternoon. I want to give you some insights into what the will of man is. I want to talk about the way God made us and, and, and become, amen, uh, and what, he, what we've become uh, now that we are facing this battle of the will. And I want you to know that you, you are not the only one battling. Praise God. Amen. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ also battled, but he was successful in the battle and he left us a battle plan for victory. Praise God. And so you can be victorious in the battle of the wills. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now listen closely to me here. Amen. Uh, contrary to popular belief of some scientists and humanists, the, the man's origin uh, came out of some kind of chaotic, chaotic, chaotic evolutionary process. The Bible teaches us according to Genesis chapter 1 verses 26 and 27 that God made human beings in his own image and in his likeness. Uh, in other words, when God made humans, he gave us several godlike qualities, several godlike characteristics, even several godlike abilities. 
And the greatest power that God gave us was the power of choice. Amen. And in order to exercise this power, man had to be endowed with the ability to think, had to be endowed with that ability to reason. Praise the Lord. God gave us the ability to think in an orderly, rational fashion. Praise God. Human beings consciously decide what they will and will not do. Amen. All other creatures that God made, in whom is the breath of life, amen, react to life uh, instinctively. But human beings decide what they are going to do. And this ability to reason then meant that human beings like angelic beings were made free moral agents. We are capable, we have the power to choose between right and wrong. Amen. And it is for this reason, if none else, that human beings must take responsibility for their actions. Amen. And they must bear the consequence of their decisions, whether the consequence is temporal uh, in nature or eternal in nature. Praise God. While we might like to finger point and blame somebody else, each of us must take responsibility and suffer the consequences for our actions because we are made in the image and likeness of God. And so when God made us, he gave us a threefold nature. Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. Wake up, disciples. Praise the Lord. He gave us a threefold nature. Amen. And this threefold nature consists of the body or the carnal nature, the soul or the natural nature, and the spirit or the spiritual nature. Praise the Lord. The body provides a link for man to the material or physical world. The body experiences the material world uh, or the physical world through its sensing faculties. And we're all familiar with them. Sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. That's how we experience the, experience the material world. Amen. But it's not so for the soul because the soul lives in the body. The soul uses the five sensing faculties of the body as its agents in the exploration of the phenomena of material things and for its self-inspection and communion with other people. But the sensing faculties of the soul are these imagination and conscience and memory and reason and affection. Uh, you have the ability to think and you have the ability to feel on the inside. We call it emotions. Praise the Lord. Are you still with me? Praise the Lord. Let's go in a little deeper into man. Think about it as three circles. This big one out here, amen, being the body. And then within that circle, amen, the soul. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. In that big circle on the outside, the way the body experiences the natural world is through those five senses I identify. That, that inner circle, that middle circle, the soul, the way the, the amen, sit down, sister, sit down. You can hear me sitting down, sit down, sit down. Praise the Lord. Amen. The way you can, amen, experience what's going on in the natural world, the way the soul does, amen, for this conscience and imagination and, 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 and memory and thinking and emotions, is it? This goes through to the five senses of the natural man, amen, to experience what is going on. That's why when something happens in the natural world, depending on it, what it is, you feel it. You don't 
touch it, but you feel it on the inside. Praise the Lord. Because the soul doesn't have direct access to the natural world. It gets access to the natural world through the body and through the five senses of the body. Praise the Lord. Come on, you still with me? Praise the Lord. Your brows are kind of furrowing, but I, yeah, I'm going a little deeper here because this is marvelous. This is wonderful. And you can't live life on that little frivolous plane when you begin to understand what God has done. It makes you want to serve him. It makes you appreciate him. It makes you know that our God is great. Praise the Lord. We're not just some animal, wayman munching grass and sniffing. Praise God. We were made in the image and likeness of God. We ought to behave that way. Let the church say amen. Praise God. Well, that third circle, amen, is the spirit, the spirit of man. And it resides at the core of who we are, the core of every human being. And it is this spirit that links us to God Almighty. God is a spirit. Is that what the Bible teaches us? Hallelujah to God. And so the way we interact with him is we can't touch him, can we? Praise God, amen. Hallelujah. We can't smell him, can we? We can't taste him, literally, can we? Praise God. The way we interact with God, amen, is because he is a spirit and he has given man a spirit. Hallelujah. That's why when you worship him, you've got to worship him in the spirit. Spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's a problem with some of y'all. You can't experience nothing with God because you're so carnal minded and natural. Praise God. You, 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 you don't get down to the core when you get down to where you really reside. Amen. When your spirit can worship him, then it makes your body, it animates your body. It animates your thinking. It gets your thinking going. That's why the, somebody said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he's done for me, me what cries out hallelujah my soul cries out hallelujah and I thank God for saving what saving me down here in the, in the spirit first then the soul then the body somebody shout hallelujah oh thank you Jesus oh thank you Jesus uh, you see uh, amen this spirit is linked to God almighty but the sensing faculty of the spirit is the will the will the will and so inside the spirit of man resides amen such virtues as faith and hope and love that's down in the spirit uh, but the fact of the matter to be grasped is that the only way into the spirit of man is through the will the will amen stands as a sentry or a guard between the soul and the spirit it seems like it's difficult to tell the difference between the soul and the spirit but there is something that knows the difference and can divide them and that is the word of God uh, hallelujah knows the difference between the soul and the spirit he can get down in the joint in the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents uh, of the heart let the man let church say amen uh, amen the will then is that faculty by which one chooses or decides upon a course of action we sometimes 
sometimes call the will volition or we call volition the will. Amen. Knowing this gives us another perspective on the devastating effect of sin on humankind. You see, because in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve failed, falling from the grace of God by eating of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And when Eve disobeyed God's command and gave the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to Adam, her husband, and he ate, the Bible says they died. Amen. I'm here to tell you at some level of their being, they died immediately. No, they didn't fall out in the physical. Amen. But that you, that union, that cord, that connection between the spirit of a man and almighty God was cut. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to God. That's, that's why that day when the Lord came down like he did every other day. Amen. Adam and Eve didn't have that connection anymore. They were hiding, praise God, because they lost connection. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They heard the voice of the Lord walking in the midst of the garden. They heard God say, where are you? Praise the Lord. Amen. You know the rest of the conversation. Amen. Praise God. They felt the separation from God. God, as soon as they disobeyed, amen, because concealed things, the scripture says, became known unto them. The Bible says at the moment of disobedience that the eyes of them both were opened, not gradually, right then. The eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. They had been naked since God made them. Somebody said naked as a jaybird, whatever that means, amen, but they were not ashamed according to Genesis 2.25 amen human beings only experience shame when they become conscious of their guilt are you still with me? Shame is what you feel when you miss the mark, when you do not do what God says do. That's what makes you feel like hiding. That's what makes you feel like disappearing. That's what makes you feel like running over here or running over there because it's going to be better if you run over here or over there because the light of God's truth is shining and you really don't want it to shine on you because it does not show you in a favorable light. So the best thing for you is to act like a roach, amen, and go in some dark place and get away because you, you're, you're, you're the delusion you're living is that if I get over there it'll be better if I run over there it'll be better no friend whether it be here or there praise God amen it's going to be the same because you are the problem Hallelujah to the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. But when you feel the shame, you have missed the mark. Amen. So when you sin, amen, your link with God is broken. The communion with God is broken. And that's how Adam and Eve literally died that day. The Bible says that God is a spirit. So that communion and fellowship we have with him, amen, is in the spirit. Praise the Lord, our God. Hallelujah. If your spirit then is defiled and that's what sin does to you you cannot enjoy communion and fellowship with God hallelujah this is the wise reason why some folk amen even though they have the Holy Ghost sitting in the church and it just is dead and dried and shriveled up amen because they're losing the battle of the wills and the enemy is taking over their mind and their very being and they can't feel the presence of the Lord anymore because that something going on with that connection 
connection. Uh, most of you have, have devices now, amen, that are connected to databases around the world, amen, through Wi-Fi. Is that right? Uh, amen. And sometimes you have a connection and sometimes you don't. Sometimes it looks like you have a connection, amen, but when you try to access information, you don't have access. And sometimes, amen, you have access, but something is wrong. The protocols are not quite right, amen. The, the power in the line is not right. It, it ought to be because here comes uh, information, but it's coming through so slow. Did you ever have that experience? Uh, Sometimes things are like lightning. Uh, you hit the button and the information appears. Other times it just creeps along. You see that? You see the little uh, 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 circle going around the dot 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 dot, and you wonder why is this thing taking so long? Uh, you know that maybe eventually it will come, but but you're saying what's holding this up? Something is wrong. Uh, with your connection and some of you are satisfied in your spiritual life to seeing those little circles blink 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 when praise God the mighty power of God ought to hit you jolt you praise the Lord somebody know what I'm talking about amen we used to sing a song telephone to glory oh what a joy divine I can feel the current moving on the line if you don't know what I'm talking about I wouldn't advise this but this will be very much amen very much a, a, a concrete example. Go stick a little wire in the socket and see if you don't feel something immediately. If that plug is live, you're going to feel something. It's not going to creep up on you and sneak up on you and give you a little joint. It's going to be a bang, praise, and you're going to jump back and find out how marvelously you were made because as soon as it hits you, amen, you jump back. That brain says, hey, something ain't right. We ain't supposed to be feeling that. Praise God. But, but some of you are, are satisfied Amen. With the clocking going. When you are really connected. Praise God. Through to Jesus Christ. In the Holy Ghost. When your life was clean and right. And you'd have hatred and bitterness and jealousy. And strife and envy. And backbiting. Hallelujah. And carousing and fornication. And all that stuff in your life. You were feeling the jolt of the power. All you had to say was Jesus you begin to feel something all you had to do is lift your hands and praise the Lord and you begin to feel it does anybody know what I'm talking about you begin to feel the anointing sometime I stand here and the anointing is so thick I do declare Elder Robertson that when I stretch out my hand I can feel the anointing that's in the air some of you don't walk that close so you don't know what I'm talking about. All you feel is molecules, uh, amen, that you can't even sense, but I feel the anointing uh, in the air, brother, and you need to get back there. Uh, hallelujah to God. Uh, oh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, you want to walk close to the Lord so you can sense him, you can feel it. Let me tell you something, uh, amen, when you get this and you walk close to the Lord like you ought to, you don't have to make anything happen, uh, amen, praise God, the wind is like the spirit, Jesus said in John 3, it blows where it listeth and I'll tear the sound thereof can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going so is everyone that is born of the spirit get out of your carnality and get reconnected you need a diagnostic amen you need a technician I'm the technician and
and I've got the diagnostic tool. You can get mad with me if you want to. You can sleep on me if you please. But you got the problem. You're the one that's not connected. I'm connected. Let the church say, I have anybody in here that's really connected. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. But how many know the Lord is able to fix it? Can he fix it? Hallelujah. Amen. So now that sin contaminated the spirit, amen, it began to permeate the soul. I'm on the inside now. I'm coming back to the outside of these three centric circles here. Amen. It gets to the soul. That's the natural nature. And when the soul was contaminated by sin, this is the reason why some of us have a wicked imagination. It's the reason why our conscience is defiled. It's the reason why our thinking is distorted. Why everybody else is wrong but us. Hallelujah. That's the reason you feel that way. It's because there's a mess going on inside of you. Sin is at the soul level in you. Praise God. Your emotions are warped. You love things God said don't love. You want to be with people God said don't be with. You love things God said don't love because your emotions are warped. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. And your memory is faulty because you can't remember the word. Come on, come on, friend. I mean to the point that you're putting it into action. Praise God. Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 28, problem with those folks in that day was they failed to retain God in their knowledge. And you will not retain God in your knowledge until you get in the word and get the word in you. Let the church say amen. You got to read that Bible, brother. And you got to read it. And then you got to think about it. And say, here's the application. What does it mean to me? Then you got to do the word. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the more, amen, you read the word and memorize it. And the more you, amen, meditate upon it and get it down in here and do it. Then you find out it's a great medicine. And it is power. Amen. It can straighten your whole system out. Let the church say amen. You see, our soul is so closely intertwined with our spirit that only the word of God, the great sword of the spirit, is able to divide them. The Hebrews struggled to explain the difference between the soul and the spirit. They called the soul the nephesh, the vital life force of a person. Well, the Bible says when God breathed the breath of life into man, he became a living soul, became a person. And if the soul connects man to other people, or other men, or other human beings, this explains why a man who is out of fellowship with God will be contentious with his brother or his sister. That's why John the Apostle said, if a man say, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar for he that loves not his brother whom he has seen how can he love God whom he has not seen if he's sick in his soul he's sick in his spirit hallelujah because the connection 
salvation has been lost or there's some serious damage there. James picked up on it, this interrelation that should be happening among people and saints of God in particular. And he asked the question from whence, amen, come wars and fightings among you. He said, come they not hence, even of your lust, in other words, your desires that are not like God, that's in your members. You see, we have conflict one with another because we have internal evil desires that cause us to have internal conflict. You can't have get along with other people because you can't get along with you. Uh, hallelujah you're engaged in this battle uh, Paul explained it in Romans 7 uh, he said that we know what is good to do is that right uh, amen and of ourselves uh, amen even though we have the knowledge we lack the power all by ourselves to do what is right uh, therefore we live frustrated lives uh, it's frustrating to know what's right but not do what's right it's frustrating when you're in this amen in these crossroads of life not to have clear amen understanding based on the word as to what you should do you don't have to listen to voices in the air amen the word of God teaches us amen what's important to God let the church say amen amen the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway somebody ought to that knows it ought to shout amen praise the Lord our God amen you don't need to hear voices you need to read words and believe those words and walk and act upon what you have read. Amen. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, so having contaminated the spirit and the soul of the man, then sin went to that outer circle again. Here it comes, amen, to the outward part of the man, the body. And amen, it contaminated the body, amen, and caused physical death. That's why we have death. That's why we have wakes. That's why we have funerals. That's why we bury people. It's not the soul that died. It's not the spirit that died. It is the body that died. But sin, amen, has had a debilitating, destructive effect on the three aspects of man. The spirit, the soul, and the body. You lost your connection with God because of your sick spirit. You lost your connection with human beings because of your sick soul and you lost, amen, life. The life that God put in the body, amen, all because of sin. Is anybody still with me? Amen, is this too deep for you? Maybe I need to teach on it, but is it too deep for you? Somebody came, man, praise God, roll up your pants legs a little bit. Amen, and come on and walk in this water with me. Hallelujah to God. I'm trying to give you some understanding at a more in-depth level as to what's really going on here. Take your jacket off and roll your shirt sleeves up and let's get in this and understand this because this is deep. Let the church say amen. Hallelujah to God. Therefore sin then corrupted the nature of man and thusly gave rise to an ungodly nature in man. This nature is called in scripture the carnal nature. The carnal 
carnal nature is ruled by the carnal mind. Hallelujah. A carnal mind is a fleshly and ungodly way of thinking. Amen. This carnal mind, Apostle Paul said, is not subject, is not obedient to the law of God. It's impossible. Neither indeed can be, he said. It's impossible for carnal minded people to be subject, to be obedient to the law of God. Oh, hallelujah. Since the carnal mind is enmity, it has deep-seated hatred. How many know that that carnal mind, that stuff going on in us, not like God, it hates God. You might as well be honest. It hates God. It hates the commandments of God. It hates the structure and order of God. That's why we have so much rebellion today and so much stubbornness. Rebellion, praise the Lord, is described as the sin of witchcraft. Witchcraft is going on in the church. Witchcraft is going on in the house. Witchcraft is going on in the job. Witchcraft is going on in society and politics because you got these folks that are making their mind, I'm not going to do that. Hallelujah. I'm not going to obey God. I'm not going to conform to his commands and standards. You praise God. You're childish and immature. You're rebellious. And as long as you got that kind of mind, it is impossible for you to please God. Impossible for you to obey God. Every time you rise up against the authorities that God has put in your life, you are rebelling. Amen. And then you become delusional. Hallelujah. You become delusional because magic is delusional. It's all an illusion, elder. Designed to make you think that something that is not real is real. Something that is not happening has happened. Come on and say amen. Can I give you a witness? You see the young lady stretched out in the box and the saw coming and cutting her in half. Well, when you're an illusion, you think that she got cut in half. Praise God. You're fooled. Hallelujah. The stock reality is she didn't get cut in half. Praise the Lord. Amen. One side of her body was all in one box and somebody else's body was in another box. And they have little trap doors and things they can get out of. That's just one's example. See, you don't know the magician's code. And because you don't know the magician's code, you sit up there and you enjoy magic. You enjoy being fooled. And that's the way some people live their lives. They enjoy being fooled by the devil. He's a master deceiver. He'll have you living a life of illusion. He'll have you thinking you're right when you're a liar. He'll have you thinking you're right when you're a fornicator. He'll have you thinking you're right when you're a backbiter. He'll have you thinking you're right when you're rebelling against your husband, rebelling against your boss, rebelling against a pastor. He'll have you thinking you're all right. I don't need to obey him. Yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. You must obey. I don't care how much Holy Ghost you got. You ain't going to heaven if you disobey your pastor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
That's just the reality. The illusion is that you don't need them. You don't need the saints. You don't need the church. That's the illusion Satan has you under. Wives, your, your delusion is I don't have to listen to my husband. I don't care if he got the Holy Ghost. I don't care if he's obeying the word of God. I don't care if he supports the pastor. This is how I feel about it. This is what I think we should do. You are walking in rebellion. You are full of witchcraft. Praise the Lord our God. Y'all ain't jumping. Y'all ain't dancing. I hope you're listening. Amen. And some of you are just stubborn. You were stubborn since you were children because your parents never drove it out of you. They told you to do something and you didn't do it. You said, I ain't going to do it. You balled up your face. You slammed the door. You walked out the house. You did what you wanted to do. But you weren't raised right. Hallelujah to God. Or you raised yourself. You weren't raised right. It came from dysfunction. Hallelujah to God. Amen. And so you just make up your mind. Even though you will see the right way. Because you are so full of yourself. You hear what I say? You are so full of yourself. Amen. That you refuse to change. Even though you've been told to change. Even though you see that there's a different way. A better way. Commanded by God. You are stubborn, praise God, and you are not changed. Well, you might as well be an idol worshiper because the Bible says in 1 Samuel 15, 23 that stubbornness is as idolatry. You don't worship at a fat belly statue. You don't burn incense to a, a man of false gods. You are the God, my friend, and your ideas are the God, and your immaturity is the God. You worship at that rather than saying, something ain't right here hallelujah I shouldn't be resisting the the Lord I should be resisting the devil but I shouldn't be resisting God or his word y'all still with me praise the Lord I'm I'm trying to hold myself back here a little bit so I can impart some knowledge to you let the church say amen hallelujah to God so this carnal mind and you don't want to have a carnal mind saints you want to have a spiritual mind this carnal mind cannot be subject to the law of God neither indeed can it be and there is also always this constant battle going on inside man when he when he must make moral and ethical decisions amen when his mind is messed up hallelujah and he's not completely surrendered to the Lord and so here here we find Jesus let's go back to our text in Matthew 26 Jesus of Nazareth was not born with a sinful nature like you and I he was the second man Adam according to the book of Romans however though he was fully human in nature he was also divine in nature his human nature was the undefiled human nature that Adam had amen before he lost it Adam and Eve had it before they sinned against God amen Jesus desired to do the will of God amen how many desire to do the will of God so going back to that pivotal time in the garden of Gethsemane when Jesus faced the prospect of physical 
death. Amen. The human nature was anxious. It was nervous and it was worried. That's why he said, my soul is exceeding sorrowful. Our friend Jesus faced the same kind of temptations that we face. Amen. And this is one of the wonderful things about the man Christ Jesus. He knows from personal experience all about our internal struggles. Amen. With temptation and with the amen desire to do evil. The songwriter said Jesus knows all about our struggles and he will he will guide till the day is done. Hallelujah to the Lord. Amen. The Bible says about our Lord Jesus Christ and his ability to identify with us for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, our sicknesses, our weaknesses but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Adam was faced with the decision to do his will or God's will and he failed because he chose his own will over the will of God. But Jesus said, Lo, I come in the volume of the book and it is written of me to do thy will. Oh God. Amen. Hallelujah. But he had to be tested and tried to see if he would actually uh, act upon what he spoke. And I hope you see now that the intensity of the battles we face is directly related to our fallen nature. Our sinful human nature rebelling against God. Paul said the flesh lost against the spirit. Did he not? And the spirit is against the flesh. They are contrary the one to the other. So that ye cannot do the things that ye would. You know what's right. But you're struggling to do what's right. But oh saints of God. Amen. There's a war going on inside each of us. Amen. And it's the battle of the wills. Praise the Lord our God. I don't have time now. To go back into this Romans chapter 7. Not in detail. Amen. But I'm glad that Paul. Amen. He reached a conclusion. When he talked about the battle he was facing the trouble amen when he said I want to do good but evil is always in front of me amen I see then another law in my mind it's warring against the law of my mind it's a law in my members there's a law in my nature and it's warring against the law in my mind bringing me into the captivity to the law of sin which is in my members but I heard him and he cried oh wretched man that I am you've got to humble yourself the world will puff you up and make you proud and think you something they give you a little bit more money you think you something they give you a man a, a, a visa card with the company so you can charge and you think you something they put you on a jet and let you fly first class and you think you something they let you rent an automobile and you think you something they give you a little promotion and position you get beside yourself. Amen. Your head swelling. You think you're something. But let me tell you something. None of that matters in the scheme of eternity. Amen. Because you're going to die and their company going to go under some point in time. Amen. But listen, you're an eternal being in your soul and your spirit and you've got to meet the Lord somewhere along the line. Amen. All of this you see now 
is going to pass away. The question becomes, where will I spend eternity? Hallelujah. That's the fundamental question. That's all that really matters. Brother, give me a broom and let me sweep the floor and do it diligently. Give me a mop and a bucket and let me scrub the floor. I don't care. I don't need the degrees. I don't need the fame and a fortune. I don't need, praise God, all this stuff the world says I got to have that I show I'm somebody. Your breath is in your nostrils. Hey, now turn this thing up, son. Work with me. Work with me. Amen. Your breath. Turn that down up there. Y'all messing up the tape. Praise God. Hallelujah. Your breath is in your nostrils. Hold your hand up to your face and blow the breath out your nose. Come on, obey me. Hallelujah. Blow in your, that's where your life is right there. If it all goes out and God doesn't let new air come in, you're done. You're done. You hear what I said? You are done as far as this world goes. Praise God. You ain't taking that job or that check or that checking account. Praise God. Or your stocks and bonds or your mutual funds or your degrees or your title. You ain't taking none of that from here. What a foolish life to live. Acting like that's what makes me somebody what matters. And you go down in the hole in the grave. Your soul is in hell. It wasn't worth it. What shall a man profit if he gained a whole world and lose his soul? What can a man give in exchange for his soul? It's the soul and the spirit that got to be right. And then God will show you favor in the natural world. Get this thing right. Get this thing straight now. Get this priority right. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Hallelujah. And he will bless you in the natural world. If you get blessed in the natural world and you lose your soul, you lived in vain. You lived in vain. And you died a fool. Isn't that what David said to Abner? You died like a fool, Abner. There was no reason for you to die this way. Hallelujah. You got to get your soul and spirit right with God first. Because you don't have to be my age or older to do this. Huh? And nothing come back. Huh? The family's gonna call me. Pastor, so and so dead. I'm gonna come in the room and see you stretched out in the bed. But I've done it many a times. Huh? And get the family, we gonna hold hands when we pray. But there's nothing I can do for you, nor anybody else at that point. The decision was made. You made it. You made it. You made it. The decision is final. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Huh? And we can pray all we want to. I'm just praying that God give this family strength to go through the next day because there ain't no sense in me offering a prayer for you. I ain't Catholic. I don't come in with candles. Huh? I don't come in with any kind of 
you know, reading you some, some fairy tales about limbo and, and, uh, and, and purgatory and all that nonsense. All I got is this. All I got is the word that said it was once appointed under man to die and after death to judgment. Now, I believe that. I believe that, Deke. I believe that down in my spirit. Praise the Lord. It was once appointed unto a man to die. When you die, your opportunity for salvation is all over. You got to get it right now. God said, the day you hear my voice, don't you leave out of here. Don't you go someplace else building up for this life and you haven't gotten this settled first. The day you hear my voice, you can let these fools out there in these schools and universities clog up your mind with lies. You're living a delusion. Didn't that man find himself in a situation where he had more than he ever had? And he's doing like some of us. Woo! Windfall. Windfall. And he didn't know about the wind was about to go out. God looked at him and went, I'm going to tear these little barns down and build me some bigger barns. Huh? I can't hold all this blessing. I'm going to build me some bigger barns. But you know what God said? All that matters is what God said. God said, thou fool. See, what you don't know is this is your last day on earth. Tonight, I'm going to call your soul into question. Who's going to get all this stuff? You ain't build the barns yet. You just got a bunch of stuff. Who's going to get it? Then who will this belong to? Hallelujah. Because you ain't taking it. And you don't need it. Where are you going? Huh? Praise the Lord. You got to get this. You got to believe this. Huh? You got to order your life this way. Because I'll say it again, probably say it about the second time, I'll say it for the third time. Let me tell you something. When you line up with God's word, praise the Lord, then you come under his favor. Oh, yes. And no good thing. Y'all don't believe you're down here struggling, scratching, trying to make it. When you got an almighty God that owns the cattle on a thousand hill, all the gold and the silver is his. Huh? Everything belongs to him and he can dole it out on command. And you worry because my, my, my money ain't, I ain't getting any money. Who cares about your money? You got Jesus. And he got the money. Huh? Praise the Lord. If you need some, all, what you got to do, Deke? Ask. All you got to do is ask him and he'll give it to you. I ain't Jesus. Huh? He'll give you just what you asked for. Huh? And then you feel a little embarrassed because here I was struggling, spitting, taking a second and third job, can't make it to church like I should, like the Bible tells me in Hebrews 10:25, forsake not the assembling of I'm not talking about you, mother. Don't 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 fall apart on me now. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another the more as ye see the day approaching. Praise the Lord. Huh? You come when it's convenient for you. You ain't in the word, and the word ain't in you. 
Do we all have extenuating circumstances sometimes? Yes. But I don't make extenuating circumstances my way of life. Huh? If I got something that's going to pull me out of the fellowship of the saints, I'm going to let it go. Because I need this more than I need that. Because my God is able to provide, huh? For all my, huh? Everything I need, he's able to give it to me. He'll supply all your riches in glory. Stop boohooing, stop crying, stop doubting. Line up with the word and God's favor will be upon you. He'll make people do things for you that don't even like you. I'm not talking vanity. I'm talking experience. He'll make people treat you right that said they in your face. I ain't going to treat you right. And next time you'll find themselves coming, I got to treat you right. So, something, making me, something making me treat you right. Do I have a witness? Well, if I ain't got nothing, I know what he's done for me. I know what he's done for me. I know what he's done for me. You just got to be patient and walk with the Lord little by little and stop moaning and groaning and complaining and have your eyes fixed on what you don't have. And let your soul and spirit delight itself in the Lord and give him thanks like a crazy person for what you do have. Change your perspective. Change your perspective. Change your perspective. Change your perspective. And say, you know what? I'm going to clap my hand. I'm going to pat my feet. I'm going to shout hallelujah. I'm going to give thanks unto the Lord. Because even I may not have a lot, but what I have, he gave it to me. And I'm going to glorify God in my body and in my spirit that belongs to him. Brother Sear, I love you. I love you and thank God for you. But when I clap my hands, it ain't for Sear. When I pat my feet, I ain't patting for Sear. If the Lord blessed me to move a little bit, it ain't for Sear. I'm giving glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I may not move like you. You might think I'm strange, stiff. Well, you can say what you want to say. I'm just giving glory to Jesus. Huh? Hallelujah. 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 I'm so glad I found the tambourine because it, it can help me to give glory to Jesus. Huh? He gave me the talent. I might as well use it. If you can't play the tambourine, don't. But I can. It's just another way for me to glorify the Lord because he's been good to me. He's opened doors for me. He's made ways for me. He's blessed me over time, over time, over time, Deke. I waited on the Lord. Hallelujah. Gave me what I need in time. Praise the Lord. You ought to be able to identify with Paul. You're wrestling, you're fighting. You're battling to keep your flesh under control, aren't you? Is anybody battling to keep their flesh under control? Huh? Some of y'all won't raise your hand. That's like, I don't want to tell nobody I'm battling. I know you're battling. I know you're battling. You know why? Because you're a human being. I know you're battling. Now, you're not going to tell me this. 
excuse me, let me just put it this way. I'm a bishop. I've been saved 50 years. And the devil's trying to mess with me. Huh? He brings crazy things to my mind. He wants me to do something stupid. So if he's attacking me and I'm the head, you ain't telling me. The devil don't bother me. You're lying and you're going to hell. I know he's on you. I can see him on you. I can see his influence in your face. I know he's attacking me. Huh? And, 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 and sometimes I, I don't even give him credit. I try to, you know, pretend maybe this is just life. You know, maybe this is the devil. Huh? It's the devil because it don't make sense. It don't make sense. You fasting, you praying, you reading the word of God, and here comes a filthy thought out of nowhere. You struggling and battling while you sleeping. Thank God you get the victory now. Huh? Come on now. Huh? You pleading the blood of Jesus. These gals walking around here with no clothes on, showing themselves, praise God, and you got to turn and look away. It's natural instinct for a man to look at a naked woman. Brother, when you got power enough to turn away from that, you ought to give God the praise because these devils will trap you. These filthy women will trap you. A whore is a deep bitch. And everybody that wears tight clothes is a whore. A whore. She's trying to attract you to her body. She ain't got nothing no other woman don't have. You got these guys staying in the gym and they just don't know how to push up. They just pushing up. And I don't need you. I ain't dead yet. I ain't dead yet. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm in the spirit, brother. Don't get offended. I don't mean you no harm. Amen. Hallelujah. But you got these guys out here just, they're concerned about popped out chest, big muscle bicep. Then they're going to cut this off. Because this is hiding it. They want you to see it. And they got mouths like a, like a bear that just bit into a honeycomb. Ain't no woman like you. <laughs> My wife is over here. Now you might believe me. Huh? <laughs> no woman like you. You're the apple of my eye. You're just so sweet and lovely. I never met anybody like you. Look at your eyes. I love your hair. Huh? Come on now. Amen. Because some of y'all are just starving for affection. You have no walk with Jesus, but you're starving for affection. You're married and any man come by and, hey, baby, you're all ready to have a divorce. Huh? Huh? And then you mess around and let him touch you when the Bible says it's not good for a man to touch a woman. If he ain't your husband, he ought not have his hands on you. Slap his face and tell him, get back, Jack. Slap him and tell him, get back, Jack. I'm not yours. Get your hands off me. You look good. You fine. You fox. Whatever is crazy talk. I don't talk all that talk. See, I'm not a talker like that. I talk a lot, but I don't talk that kind of talk. Hey, Amen. I, I, I got something to talk and do. All these sweet talking guys, and they get you in a Flintstone mobile. Tell you, you know, you, you know you're going to have to put your feet on the floor and the, on the ground. <laughs> We're going for a ride. You got to pedal. 
I don't do you that way. You ask my wife. Huh? I don't take my wife to some flea bag hotel. Not if I know about it. Huh? Some junky mess. Praise the Lord. Come on now. But these fellas can come by and they got such, you're so pretty. You're so fine. And you're so desperate for affection. You believe, you believe every lie this knucklehead telling you. Huh? Don't no man need to talk all that much if he's genuine? Huh? Amen. And some of you brothers are the same way in here. Not all, but you got a few of you. You're full of lust, and you're looking to try to talk some, excuse me, I just feel like being plain today. You're trying to talk some woman's panties off her. I'll tell you point blank, because that's the truth. That's the truth. Huh? You rubbing her back and unbuckling her bra. Am I telling the truth? Huh? Ball your fist up, sisters. If you can't hit him with the open hand, ball your fist. Crash. Hit him right in the nose. He won't grab you. He'll grab his nose. Woo! Hear a screech come out here. Tell him, you better back up, Jack. Huh? He don't know whether you take some kind of, you know, Eastern, you know, karate or something. You hit him in the nose. Bang! Hit him in the nose. You better back up, Jack. While he's backing up, you go the other way. Praise the Lord. You understand what I'm saying? It may sound a little comical, but this is the mess that's going on. This is the mess that's going on. And anybody crazy enough to mess with somebody's wife, you need to read the sixth chapter of the book of Proverbs. You're going to get a wounded dishonor. And when that man came after you, I might have to do a funeral. Because the Bible says he is not going to spare you, though you give many gifts. See, I know the word. That's what helps keep me. I know the word. Huh? He is not, his wrath is going to be such that many gifts that is not going to hold him off of you. You see what happened down in the Caribbean when that man supposedly broke in the room to try to harm that man's family? He ain't saying nothing. Now nah, he's dead. You leave other men's wives alone. If you want a wife, pray and ask God to help you find one. And she better be saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, huh? speaking with other tongues, and make sure she has a meek and a quiet spirit. Because these bold, brass, rebellious women are messing up houses and messing up lives. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I told you I had a lot to say. I could preach all day. I come to fix it. I've been gone for a long time. I come to fix it. Hallelujah. Get it right. Because God wants us to be ready to go back with him. Is that all right? You ain't got no business, sister, walking around here batting your eyes like you got sand in it. God never told you to find a husband. The Bible says, he that findeth a wife. Never did say anything about he that findeth a husband. And you matchmakers, I'll tell you point blank, shut up. And get your nose out of other people's business for you'll be destroyed. Now, I know this might make this. Listen, listen. I don't care if you're upset. I hope you get upset enough to change. Because I'm not going to pastor no church like a lot of these other churches around here with a bunch of garbage and mess going on in it. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going anywhere. Until God says so. 
This is a blessed house. This is a blessed house. This is a blessed house. Hallelujah. And we're going to keep the order according to the word of God. Because that's how we experience God's favor. How many want to experience God's favor? That's how we experience his favor. By having a, uh, 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 by requiring that we obey the word even in terms of the way we dress. Amen. You look at these apostolic churches, so some of y'all, you need to get rid of your phone and your, your these, these iPads, because y'all watch too much mess in these other churches. Do you hear me? Y'all watch too much mess in these other churches, and you think you're going to bring it in here. You ain't bringing it in here. Amen. I don't care what they're doing in an apostolic high holy church. If it's not lining up with this and what I'm teaching over here, don't bring it here. Don't bring it in here. Do we know everything? No. But I know mess and sin and I know slippery slopes when I see it. Huh? Do your hair, wear your hair nice, and don't get all this stuff in it. This fake stuff. Stop being fake and phony. Huh? Stop being fake and phony and be real. Whatever God has given you, thank God for it. Huh? Hallelujah. You start that mess and after a while you see folk with hair this long and then it's all down their back and on their side. It ain't real. It's not real. And you can tell it in the mannishness of their spirits. Because I can, I can discern spirits. That's one of the gifts of the spirit. Praise the Lord. You get that mannishness and this rebellion running through them and trying to be a man and act like a man. Huh? That don't fly with me. Uh, you know what they used to say in the South? If you had a hen walking around talking about cock-a-doodle-doo, cock-a-doodle-doo, they said you knew what you were having for dinner that night. Am I right, Mother Williams? That mama was going to get her neck wrung and she going to be on the table. Because ain't no hen crowing around here. Even nature got that much sense. Even nature has that much sense. You ask some of the young people, who's in control in your family? Shame on you if they say you're my mother. Now, I'm not telling a man he's got to be brutish or, you know, overbearing. That's not what I'm saying. But everybody ought to line up with the word because then God's favor will come upon you and he'll bless you in ways you couldn't even imagine. Is anybody, am I the only one blessed? Is mother and I the only person blessed? Person's blessed in here? How many have been blessed beyond measure? Beyond measure. Is there anybody in here that just had a desire, just kind of, you know, boy, it'd be nice to do this or have that. And, and, I mean, you didn't fast, you didn't pray, you didn't beg. But you just uttered it. And you went on about your business obeying God. And then you looked around and you got it. This preacher over here told me a week or two ago, wherein he had one job last year, now he is the dean of students in Holyoke, Massachusetts. He's got God's favor. Come here, son. He got God's favor.